Happy Friday, everybody. We have got a great weekend slate of games, including the Heritage Classic, which should be a dandy, and the Art Ross Trophy race heating up. All that and a great weekend ahead previewed on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody. We made it to the weekend again. Welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Gil Martin. You can find me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And with me, as always, on Friday, Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at RMiriam. And Rachel, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. Um, this weekend has a lot of good hockey stuff, but I am not looking forward to the switch to daylight saving. Let me yeah, tell you. Always tricky. You know, I love when it gets darker later, but losing that hour of sleep, it really not really fun adjustment. Yeah. And, and I'm a night person. So it's even harder for me because it's like, I'm not tired and it's three o'clock in the morning and that's never good. You know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> never good, but uh, Hey, it'll be worth it when it's still light out at seven o'clock at night. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and there's a lot of good hockey on Sunday to make up for it too. There is absolutely. So lots going on uh, around the league. And last night, some real uh, interesting games and some crazy goings on, to say the least. Uh, I mean, where, where do you begin on, on a night like this where so many things happen? I, I guess let's, let's start with the milestone. Craig Anderson, uh, his 300th career win making him one of the oldest goalies to reach that milestone based on the fact that he's 40 years old and the Sabres uh, emerged with a big win. They did. Yeah. Congrats to Craig Anderson on that achievement. And it feels like he's been around forever and it's true. He has been around <laughs> forever uh, hanging in there, but yeah, the Sabres with a big three to one win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, it was the big homecoming, so to speak for Jack Eichel. Uh, but it, this game was just poetic in so many ways. First off, we had the Sabres fans out in force booing Eichel. Left uh, and right. Left and right. And then you had Alex Tuck scoring the empty net goal at the end to seal the victory, which, again, poetic. And uh, you had the amazing Jack Eichel quote post game where he said, that's the loudest I've heard this place ever. It only took seven years and me leaving for them to get into it. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, a heck of a quote and, you know, taking a little dig there at the fans in Buffalo, but you know, it, it all adds to the atmosphere, I think. And look, the one thing Jack Eichel did with that quote is guarantee that next year when he comes back, they'll boom again. There's no love loss now. If there, if there was any way that they were going to let it go, that's gone. That's not going to happen now. Nope. 
And it just goes to show you that even though the Sabres have been struggling all these years, they have such great fans and, Absolutely. you know, create an amazing atmosphere. So it's always better when the Sabres are good. So hopefully they get there. Agreed. And and they will be featured prominently this uh, this weekend. So we're looking forward to that as well. And, you know, we, we also had some just some really wild games and and let's get into the minnesota wild while we're while we're saying that uh what kind of i mean when was the last time you saw a game like that man it just felt like goalies gone wild last <laughs> night but in this one of course the wild wound up winning this one six to five in a shootout against detroit but alex nadalkovich scoring an own goal in this one uh it was just brutal brutal I, to watch I felt for him i felt for him in that moment but wow wow yeah this also gives me the opportunity to once again mention the hill I will die on with the NHL is that if there is an own goal, there should be nobody credited for the goal. It's yeah. just, it's ridiculous that anybody gets a point in their stats for something like that. Well, they, you know, they do that to, what is it? The last player on the last off player to touch it. it, which, mm-hmm. which by the way is how the first ever goal scored by a goalie was credited. Yeah. Uh, it was Billy Smith of the Islanders. He was the last player to touch the puck. I think it was a game against the Colorado Rockies. That's how far back that one goes. But uh, yeah, uh, but you know, I but uh, what I don't want to see from the NHL. I I don't mind what you said, but what I don't want to see is a separate category of own goals like there is in soccer. Oh, I love that. No, I'm a soccer person. I, I want that soccer. all day, oh, every day. I love soccer, but to me, own goals as a, as a statistic, it's so embarrassing. I, I just, you know, I don't uh, don't like that statistic hanging over a player's head. Well, I enjoy it tremendously, so I hope they <laughs> institute it someday. But, you know, we have to talk more about this game because yes. there was almost a goalie fight at the end of the second. Uh, Talbot comes, like, screaming down to the other end of the ice. There was this huge melee. Unfortunately, the ref stopped that one. They were holding Talbot off. But, uh, yeah, there was just a brawl straight up. Yeah. And what is it about goalie fights? Maybe it's the equipment. Maybe it's, it's the, the rarity of it. It's they, they are just, they are fun to watch, even if you're not a big fight person, you know? I mean, uh, the, the pads going everywhere and the goalies having to skate across the ice. It's, uh, there's something about it that fans love. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it really does that. So uh, that was just a crazy game uh, between, you know, with the Wild, but Minnesota ends up winning that one. And wow, I mean... Certainly entertaining, let's put it that way. Yes. Also entertaining, though, was the Arizona Coyotes versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Man, first of all, Arizona has now won four games in a row, which who'd have thunk, yeah. right? Wind up winning five to four in overtime. But I think, again, with weird goalie stuff happening right now, Jack Campbell is injured for the Leafs, of course, which is why Peter Mrazek was in that game for the Leafs. And Jacob Chikrin, uh totally fans on a puck. So this puck is moving in slow motion 
toward the net about three other leafs make attempts to dive in front of it it was the most comical thing i've ever seen and then it just somehow gets past morazic yeah it was crazy it really it looked like keystone cops all over again but uh yeah i mean never never a dull moment right and and boy the leafs uh you know those are that's well they look they got one point but that's one point they really are going to want to have back and their goaltending situation as we head to the trade deadline now is even more complicated. It really is. You know, Mrazek got pulled in that game uh, later. And so, you know, they've called up more of a prospect goalie, but they are kind of in a weird situation. So I bet they're going to be shopping around a little bit depending on, you know, what the prognosis is for Jack Campbell. Yeah, how long he's going to be out. And and look, the, the Leafs did get make a good comeback to at least get one point last night. But when you're playing a team near the bottom of the standings like the Coyotes, you want to get the two. You absolutely do. So, yeah, just a, a, a crazy night last night. And then wanted to touch on the race for the Art Ross Trophy. I mean, right now uh, we have... Six points separating the top five. Jonathan Huberdeau now in first place with 82 points. McDavid with 81. Dreisaitl, 79. Johnny Goudreau, 77. And Austin Matthews, 76. Uh, first of all, the top five, four of them play for Canadian-based teams. And second of all, this is going to be a heck of a race uh, down the stretch to see who wins the Art Ross. Yeah, and they all just seem to be keeping pace with each other. You know, just when you think somebody might pull away, everybody else either like gets a hat trick or just has a really good week. So there, I think they're all possibilities. Uh, Huberto, of course, uh, like you said, is now leading the league and he had four assists last night versus the Flyers, which did not go well for me, but um, it was an excellent performance by him. He has 64 assists on the season right now, which is 13 more than McDavid and Johnny Goudreau, who are in second in that category. So he's kind of pulling away on that front. But then Johnny Goudreau himself had a hat trick. So he's Again, keeping pace with that top group. And, of course, the Flames uh, won 4-1 to one in that game over the Lightning, which was also an important, exciting game from yep. last night's action. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a push for this. The NHL's assist leader should have their own trophy. What, you know, what you want to I mean, there, there should be recognition for passing and, and the ability to create plays and, and set up scores. You want to call it the uh, Adam Oates trophy? I'm fine with that. You want to go some, <laughs> name it after someone else? That's okay too. But to me, the NHL's assist leader should get some kind of hardware and recognition. I could get behind that. I could. Oh. Maybe I'd call it the Jake Voracek trophy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, an exciting night, needless to say, uh, around the National Hockey League and the weekend ahead should be uh, even better. But uh, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about Built Bar? Yeah, you know, it's almost mid-March and I can't believe I'm saying that, but this is the time of year where most people, I think, would have given up on New Year's resolutions, but not this year for me. I can stick to it because of Built Bar. 
And have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're such a treat. And they have some incredible flavors with the puffs. They've got cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. I swear, these are going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll down to their macros chart. You're going to be blown away. Built Bars are high protein and low calorie. They're high fiber, but low carb. Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. If you look at a candy bar, it's going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And the regular Built Bars have a lot of delicious flavors too, like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. They've got white chocolate cookies and cream. New flavors are coming out all the time. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, Rachel, uh, some big news surrounding your Flyers over the last couple of days, and I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen got a contract extension for five years at $5.1 million per year. Of course, he's a second-pairing right-handed defenseman for the Flyers. Right now, he's got uh, 13 points, two goals, 11 assists in 49 games. He's not an offensive defenseman, though, let's be clear. Um, he's got a ton of hits. He's about third in the NHL for defensemen on hits. And, and that's what he's known for is his physicality. And he ostensibly is a more defensive defenseman. And if we recall in the offseason last year, the Flyers paid a huge price for him because Chuck Fletcher thought that he was kind of the missing piece in what would be a top six that should have included Ryan Ellis, but has not due to injury. So I'd like to remind people of that, that it was part of a, an entire package and a vision for what the Flyers uh, defensive core would look like. But uh, the Flyers gave up their first round pick from last year's draft, which was 13th overall, uh, the, the second round pick for the 2023 draft, and Robert Haig, who is now on the Buffalo Sabres. So I think, you know, when this announcement first happened, there was, you know, a lot of dunking on the Flyers about it. And, you know, by the numbers, Rasmus Ristolainen is not a good player. He's just not. And, you know, you watch him play and he makes some mistakes. He's not, um, uh, you know, he's not somebody you would want on your first pairing, which was the problem when he was in Buffalo, right? They expected too much of him. But I think because of the way the Flyer season has turned out and they are generally not a bad team, not a good team overall, I think Risto's looked worse than he actually is. Now, expectations for him were on the floor. And I think he's slightly better than that. So <laughs> that's a good thing. But at the same time, he's still not great. At the same time, are you going to pay about $5 million per 
for a second pairing right-handed defenseman in general in the NHL? Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, and then the, the only question is, you know, could you do better if you went in a different direction? Yeah, and I think for Chuck Fletcher, the philosophy here is Risto is a known entity, right? You know who he is, you know who he isn't. And where the Flyers are right now in terms of, you know, not having a successful season and Chuck Fletcher wanting to try and turn things around very quickly, this is a retool for him. It's very clear. Um, and Risto was one of his big swings last offseason. So at a certain level, he's probably got a lot personally invested in that move. So you look at that factor, you look at him being a known entity versus not being sure what the market is going to look like and who's going to be available and who's going to be willing to sign with the Flyers. Remember, right. I, you know, I, I really think Risto's agent probably did a cursory scan around the league and said, what could he potentially get? out there and the flyers would probably pay him more. And so ultimately that's what he went with. So, you know, I, I think that while yes, there is reason to say this is a bad deal for the flyers at the same time, I don't think it's the worst deal ever. It's certainly not as bad as the McDonald contract was. And at least we know where we stand now. So we can go into the off season. We can figure out what's happening with Ryan Ellis and we can figure out, we know what the cap space is going to be for this guy. So th there's a lot of good things to come out of it. It just may not be the best second pairing defenseman out there. <laughs> yeah, there's the hot, the hot take, the quote. Rachel Donner, not yeah. the worst deal ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically where I've ended up on this. But, you know, let, let's let's sort of go big picture on this because the, you mentioned the defenseman market and the trade deadline a week and a half away. The, there's a lot of chatter about defensemen and, and it always seems to start with Jeff Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin. Jacob, but sorry, yes, Jacob. No, I always say Jeff too. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, of course he is the, I think top defenseman out there but he's also kind of a top pairing guy he's the most expensive guy on the market and so when you're looking at the trade deadline you know who needs a guy like that versus who needs a depth signing I think is what you want to look at because I think most of the teams that are contenders right there have a pretty solid defensive core and don't need a guy like that are, are there teams that could use him yeah I would say maybe the Leafs maybe Florida Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it's it's a very s small market for a guy like him at trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, at least among the contenders, I mean, I know the there has been rumors about the Islanders being interested in him, uh, maybe Edmonton. There's so many teams that that they mentioned, but it may not be someone who is sort of on the, you know, on the high side of a contender looking for that final piece. Usually those kind of teams are looking more for a second or third pair defenseman than someone who is more defensive oriented. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a really good point. Um, I, you know, I also think that the the depth defenseman market is going to be the more interesting part of it at trade deadline, you know, which is coming up. We're a little over a week away now which is scary to think about, but that's where we are. So you looking at, you know, now that Ristolainen's off the market for the Flyers, Justin Braun becomes the bigger trade piece. He is a tremendous 
depth defenseman, I think. Again, right-handed, which is always at a premium. And he is a great third-pairing defenseman, I think, for a team. But he can step up and play first-pairing minutes if you need him to in a pinch, which he does for the Flyers, again, because of the Ryan Ellis injury. Right. Uh, I think Calvin DeHaan is a really good option out there as well as, you know, I think Ben Sherrod has his moments, but yes. I think he's good, gonna, and <laughs> good and bad out yeah. there. But uh, you got Giordano from the Kraken, which is going to be weird because he's their first captain. But, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting options out there on the depth defenseman side. Yeah, it should be an interesting week and a half uh, leading up until the trade deadline. And, of course, we'll have it all covered for you here on the Locked On NHL Network. But uh, before we get to this weekend's games, wanted to talk about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So some pretty interesting games coming up this weekend. And uh, I mean, let's start with tonight, Friday night. Uh, the the one that jumps out at me, the best situation in Vegas is right now. So in the thick of the playoff hunt and, you know, two point, you win a game like that, you move up two spots in the standings, you you lose, you can move down two spots. Yeah, I think, you know, again, for the East, it's more about placement now. And I, all the teams are trying to figure out, you know, where they're going to end up. Are they going to get that home ice advantage? And so for Pittsburgh, it's super important important and then for vegas it is also important i mean they just lost to buffalo so they're going to want to kind of get back on the horse against pittsburgh and it's going to be a tough a much tougher matchup and you know they're kind of teetering on the third place wild card spot in the pacific so it's just as important to them and then you have uh, a an interesting game late on the west coast washington and vancouver Washington kind of struggling a little bit lately and, and Vancouver still trying to hang on and, and get into that playoff race. And, you know, they're, they're not that far off. They're not. And uh, as a side note, this is the Canucks pride game and they will be wearing the most amazing jerseys. I think that have ever been created as a warm up Jersey for the NHL that uh, Mio who's at Flyers Witch on Twitter designed it and it is one of the most stunning jersey designs you will ever see so I highly recommend that you look it up so I will be watching for the warm-up alone <laughs> but, I will definitely check that out yeah you really should um you know it's just absolutely gorgeous but the game should be great as well you know the caps have been uneven 
recently. And so I think they'll be looking to try and solidify their position in the playoffs. And the Canucks are just trying to play some fun hockey out there. Yeah. And they, and they're doing it too. Uh, You know, since the coaching change, they have really gotten back into the swing of things and it's been a positive change for them. On Saturday, one really interesting matinee, St. Louis visiting Nashville, two teams very close in the standings and fighting for position in that division. Yeah, I am excited for that one as well, just because, um, you know, for me, Nashville, I think was a little bit more of a surprise this season with how Mm -hmm. well they've been playing overall. And the Blues are probably one of the most fun teams overall this season as well. So and there's a a good rivalry there. So I think that'll be an excellent game to watch. And then uh, a late night game that I'm looking at, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning visiting the Edmonton Oilers. My only advice on this one, take the over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's probably a good bet. (laughs) But uh, should be a very exciting game. East versus West, two, two quality offensive teams and a lot of skill out there on the ice. So I think Sunday is probably the most exciting day of action this weekend. It's um, the schedule of it is interesting just because we have the Heritage Classic, which we'll talk about, but they kind of cleared the decks for that game at four in the afternoon Eastern time, of course, between the Leafs and the Sabres. Uh, But then that pushes all the other games to like seven o'clock that night on the East Coast. So there's a lot of great games stacked up uh, Sunday evening, which is not something we normally get in the NHL. But yeah, how are you feeling about that Heritage Classic? I am looking forward to it. And I like the idea that it's sort of in a neutral site in Hamilton. And, you know, Toronto and Buffalo, it's a pretty nice rivalry that not everyone is aware of. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, to honor the, what is it, the Toronto Arenas with their jersey mm-hmm. for the Leafs. I, I, I love the history of the game. So to me, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think, you know, they've worn a similar jersey once before. Mm-hmm. But um, I love how, you know, it's the navy blue jersey with the white tee, but then the arenas is like sublimated so you can sort of barely see it in the background i think that's really cool and the sabers jersey is just a a total classic with you know your cross swords and your buffalo above it in the in the emblem and i i think it should look really good out there and i'm interested to see how the stadium in hamilton is looking again. I, I think uh, you're right. The neutral site is always fun for for one of these outdoor games. But yeah, I uh, I, I enjoy the Leaf Sabers rivalry as well. Yeah, that that should be a, a fun one. And you know, there's one game earlier in the day on Sunday that I think will be a good one: Carolina Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, nice nice battle out east between two quality playoff teams in Carolina. You know, they, they, they need to keep the pedal to the metal if they want to emerge victorious in their division. Yeah, I think that um, it's, uh, again, we're, we're getting to that crunch time where we're trying to figure out where teams are going to wind up in the standings. And 
every single point counts. So, uh, and I also think it increases, you know, some of the quality of play in terms of creating more sort of playoff hockey style games. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, you've got Winnipeg and St. Louis and Nashville and Minnesota. Uh, I, I like both of those games uh, on Sunday night as well. Yeah. And I like Florida at the Kings. Yep. And Calgary and, and Colorado. So, yeah, all you know, the games are Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there, is, there is even a 10 o'clock Eastern time start between Tampa Bay and Vancouver. That could be interesting as well. So, uh, just a lot of uh, of good games on Sunday, and and like you said, that is usually Sunday night is usually not when the NHL has a lot of games. But uh, you got the outdoor game, and then you you have a lot of great games Sunday. So hockey fans, you've got a lot to look forward to this weekend. And uh, you know, which is it? Which one game are you going to concentrate on the most, Rachel? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, again, I'm not usually a Sunday night hockey person, but I really like that Calgary at Colorado game. I think yeah, that that, should be that'll be a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help make you the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast. Stay safe, and I'll be back on Monday with a recap of all this weekend's action and uh, information from three of our local experts. Rachel, thanks again. Always a pleasure to, to do the show with you. Have a great weekend.